it's only China, Russia, India, Turkey, Sweden, and Japan are the other countries that have fifth gen that we know of that have, that have laid bare that they have fifth generation. Wakanda is about to make their money. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Thanks for my intro, man. No. You're welcome. <laughs> Love that. Welcome to the What's Up Reddick Podcast. We fashion ourselves cinematic judge and jury. My name is JJ Crowder. I'm here with my co-hosts, Mattson Heiner. Better red than dead. And Alec Burgess. Let's get it. We appreciate, as always, your help growing the podcast. Hit that follow, subscribe button, tell a friend about us. Also, go check out our website, whatsupverdict.com, where you can listen to all of our previous episodes. You can sign up for our newsletter, get exclusive content and updates, pick up some merch and all that fun stuff that you do at websites. So go do that. The question that we do always ask is if you ever find yourself wondering if you should spend the time, money, or both on a movie. To help with that question, each week we put a movie out on trial, discuss the facts, pass judgment, and let you know our verdict. Today we're reviewing Top Gun Maverick. It was released May 27th, 2022. It was written by Jim Cash and Jack Epps Jr. Directed by Joseph Kaczynski. Stars Tom Cruise, Miles Teller, Jennifer Connelly, Monica Barbaro, Bashir Salahuddin, Glenn Powell, Lewis Pullman, and Ed Harris. After more than 30 years of service as one of Navy's top aviators, Pete Mitchell is where he belongs, pushing the envelope as a courageous test pilot and dodging the advancement and rank that would ground him. If you haven't seen this movie yet and you want to avoid spoilers, now's the time to pause the podcast, go watch Top Gun Maverick, and then come back and pick up where you've left off. So, let's If you uh, haven't seen this, go see it. it. The funny thing is, everyone I've talked to, I'm a recruiter, the first thing I start with is, Look, if you remember nothing else from this phone call, <laughs> go see Top Gun. Yeah, should be a fun. Let's talk about first. Let's just go ahead and jump into this. The part that I was looking forward to because I really have enjoyed him in the past, Miles Teller as Rooster, mm. who looked just like Goose. Dude, yeah. it was like watching Goose's kid. Uh, just yeah. right there. Dude, I even left my mustache on with the aviators. I feel like he he has to be the son of Goose, like in real mustache. in real life. I yeah. mean, you would think, but he is not. But yeah, he was pretty cool. I really enjoyed his performance. And that leads me to the next topic that we, because if you haven't listened to it, we did review the original Top Gun last week. So yes, we did. Go check that out if you haven't. And one of my big, I don't want to say issues because it's not an issue per se but one of the things that i noticed this time watching top the original top gun versus the first 400 and some odd times that i watched it is that outside of goose dying and the whole yippee skippy we win moments there's a lot less emotional stuff than i thought like even though there's some should be more because of the deep-seated issues that with maverick's dad and everything that's going on and so this one had that and more in spades and Tom Cruise killed it and Miles Teller killed it. Even Jennifer Connelly killed it. And the, the moments between the two of them, like it was just, there was a lot of weighty emotion that they really played into the issues of the past goose's death, him not wanting to, you know, to be grounded, to just want to continue to fly. Cause that's where he belongs and what he loves to do, what he did to rooster and how that's affecting him and how it affected rooster and their relationship just so much emotional character development that I just really enjoyed. And I was really appreciative that they went there with this one. Yeah. Pulled his papers from Navy Academy. That's rough. Like, 
and he's still one of the top pilots in the entire Navy. So I was actually wondering if maybe that's why, because if he had a, you know, later start, he's going to be a lot older, a lot more mature with than the pilots in kind of his class and kind of have a little bit more of experience. So maybe Maverick pulling his papers is actually what led to him being a lot better of a pilot. Sure. I think you can look at And to be honest with you, I thought that's, kind of what they were going to lean into with the way it was happening when you find out that he pulled his papers and and kept him and he held him back for four years. I thought that that was, it was a matter of, I knew it would make you a better pilot. And I'm glad that they didn't go there, that they were just like, look, your mom didn't want you to fly. His mom didn't want him to fly. So I yanked him and I'm rather him be mad at me than her. And then part of me thought he wasn't ready, which just basically he was just saying, I did it for his mom and I'm kind of a dick. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, and so I was really appreciative that they didn't try to put some sort of underlying meaning behind it like that. Cause I thought that they were going to, when they first said that part. So it's a great point though, that he probably was a better pilot because of having to work harder for it. For sure. Alec, you asked, (laughs) you sent me a text asking who is Penny or Peggy or whatever her name was. Is she just like Carrie McGillis? Nope, that's a deep cut Top Gun moment there. And it is Penny. Her last name, though they don't say it ever in this episode, is Penny Benjamin, which is the Admiral's daughter. Oh. From the first movie. Oh, no. That Goose drops the line, uh, Penny Benjamin. And then he looks at Goose. Did you tell her about that? Yeah. That's Penny. That's the Admiral's daughter that he got in trouble with. I loved when he said Penny. Like I was in the theater, raised my hands in the air. I was so excited. I was like, what a cool tie-in from the original (laughs) that they don't actually just slap you in the face with it because they don't give you her last name. They don't say Penny Benjamin. They just call her Penny the whole movie. And even in the credits, it's just Penny. But yeah, I mean, that's Penny Benjamin. That's the (laughs) Admiral's daughter. I loved it. It So good. That would have made more sense if they'd said that, but no. Sure. No, it, it takes a real... Top Gun nerd like me to figure that one out right out the gate. But I did get yeah, 500 watches. Now they do list her in like IMDb. If you go look there, it is. She's listed as Penny Benjamin there. So it's not like they don't. But in the credits, it was just Penny. Sometimes I, IMDb gets it right. And then they have horrible summaries. <laughs> yeah. I did enjoy her character, though. Mm-hmm. Like all her bar rules mm-hmm. and like her snide comments about Tom Cruise not being in the Navy because he doesn't know how to sail a boat. He cracked me up. Yep. So their interaction was very nice. I really enjoyed Jennifer Connelly and her performance, but I was sitting there going like, who is this? I don't know who you are. (laughs) Yeah. And I think, look, I love Jennifer Connelly. I think she's fantastic. I've always had, she was one of my first crushes as a kid with Labyrinth. Man, Mm. I love Jennifer Connelly. And she's a fantastic actress. Like she's amazing. So I agree with you, Alec. Their dynamic between the two, it was much better than him and Kelly McGillis. Because I never believed he and Kelly. I talked about that when we reviewed Top Gun 2. Like, Kelly McGillis yeah. and his relationship, that always bothered me. Like, it never worked for me. But his and, and Jennifer Connelly's or Penny Benjamin's worked way well. Like, I was rooting for him. I enjoyed it. It was cool. Penny's like that hot bomb that you hope your friend has. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, yeah, that is yeah, very we true. Go, we can go to your house and your mom can cook. That sounds nice. Yeah, 
I'm all for that. Can we go to your house and play video games? Can we go watch a movie at your place? But the the chemistry was strong, very mm-hmm. strong. I'd say across the board. And that's just kind of a common thing for me in this movie where nothing felt forced. It all just felt very organic and an extension of of what you thought it'd be. It was just cool to to see some people that came from the past movie that were still in this one. And even the Admiral that didn't like Tom Cruise, I don't know the actor's name, uh, the guy that had it out for him. like John Hamm. Yeah, John Hamm, even... His addition to, I think, made sense because if what we know about Maverick all through all these years is he uh, doesn't listen <laughs> to authority, and I'm sure he has ruffled many, uh, many feathers. And so I never mind that people can be, they're either you're with Maverick or against him, and I'm sure he had much more people that were against him than with him. Absolutely. Well, they mentioned that too in one of the conversations between him and Penny, where she's like, which admiral did you piss off? And he goes to like a little bit of a story about, no, it wasn't that one. It was this other one. And then before that, it was a different guy. And that's when they sent me out to the desert three years ago because I pissed off this one dude. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, definitely Matt's what you said. You're either on Maverick's team or you're with everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> and that conversation from her, I was giggling. Like I was laughing out loud because it's, which admiral did you piss off this time from yeah. the admiral's daughter that he pissed off the admiral because he slept with her way back in the day? Oh, yeah, I loved it. It was so good. All of the meta jokes in this movie were fantastic, perfectly written. I'm so glad that they stuck with the original writers of Jim Cash and Jack Epps that like, because, and now Peter Craig, there was a third writer that wrote the actual story part, but Jim Cash and Jack Epps were were a big part of it too. So I, I really thought that they just did a great job tying these two movies together. I was so pleasantly surprised at all of the, the tie-ins to the original and how they did it. And they did it so well. It wasn't so in your face that you're like, oh God, here we go. It was just subtle and funny. And even like an emotional moment, like at the very beginning in the bar, when Miles Teller, when Rooster starts playing... Goodness gracious, uh, yeah. my balls are fired. Exactly. When he starts singing, I was like, oh, man. And I love that it wrecked him, like, because you just have that memory mm. and they have those flashback moments. I was like, this is such a great way to do this. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I was very pleased at how they tied it back in with some of the jokes and some well, of the memories, things like that. Can we just talk about the other aspect of this movie that we haven't even touched upon yet. We just, we get to talk about the visuals, the planes, the sound. Come on, people. If there was ever a movie to go see on the big screen, if there was ever a movie to go see on IMAX or a Dolby theater like I did, like, do it. Oh, yeah. Do it Mm -hmm. now. The sound hits you. The visuals, I mean... It's funny, they did they did the opening scene just like they did in the old one with that aircraft and the music. And you're like, wait, am I watching the old one? Is this the new one? But man, like practical effects using real planes. Mm-hmm. Thank you, U.S. military, for letting us use some of our older planes and not our fifth generations. All good there. But man, good to see them on screen. You can't beat, CGI can't beat the real thing. Yeah, no. This is why practical effects should still be a thing. Because it just makes all the difference in the world for visuals. And yeah, it was stunning. Stunning. Is it, is the practical effects like a little bit of a headache though? Cause I heard that like, since they're in the cockpit of these planes, like it was really up to the actors 
to figure out to press record and when to stop mm-hmm. and make sure the camera's in the right position. And I think it was Miles Teller who actually said that he ended up erasing like three hours of footage because mm-hmm. he pushed the wrong button. Mm-hmm. So I almost wonder if a lot of them go for CGI because you're essentially taking, if you do a lot of the practical effects, at least in this movie, right? Because sure. they're in a cockpit, you are relying on these actors who, you know, don't operate camera equipment. They're getting into their character. They're not thinking about pushing record. They're just doing the scene. But it so paid I wonder, off though. Cause oh, think absolutely. That you yeah. saw the breathing, you saw the G forces on their face, like mm-hmm. all the training that they had to go through. I mean, we probably haven't even talked about Tom Cruise's devotion to that, but it trickled down clearly to his other, like Miles Teller and the other people that were in the cockpit that we saw. The commitment to the craft there was just beautiful for me. Yeah. No, but you're not wrong, Alec. Like it was a pain in the ass to film. Like if you watch the the interviews and stuff, they talk about it. It's such a pain in the ass because there's so many different aspects that you don't have. They also talk about how difficult it is in the F-18s versus the F-14 Tomcats to rig the cameras because the F-14 Tomcats, the, the pilots of the F-14s back in the day, actual pilots used to say, she can dance pretty good for a fat girl. That's what they used to say about the F-14s because they're big planes for mm-hmm. what they do. And so like their canopies were bigger. It was easier to rig those up back in 86 than it is in these F-18s that are a more sleek, even though they're a dual, can be a dual piloted craft. They're still much smaller and, and slimmer within that. So the rigs were a real pain in the ass from what I heard too, to get those cameras in there in a way that's not going to have them falling out as you're doing G forces and flips and rolls. And it was nuts. But it looked gorgeous. Oh, it was so good. And Matt, to your point, like we sat down and started watching it and like, you know, the opening credits are playing and I'm like, did they put the wrong Top Gun on? Because <laughs> I feel like I'm watching the original right now and I'm okay with that, but I need to watch the new one. <laughs> so it was it was good when the, the title card popped up and I was like, okay, it's the right one. I just yeah, love that they like, went back to that. Oh, phew. Yeah. Phew. The other cool thing that they brought back was not volleyball, but this interesting version of two-sided football, basically like dogfighter football or whatever they call it. Like had to play offense and defense at the same time. Never heard of that. I'm assuming Mm -hmm. it's real. Maybe it's not real, but it looked cool. Yeah. It looked like it would be fun. I want to play. Other than I'd probably have a heart attack before we scored a (laughs) touchdown, but I thought it was cool too, because they tied that moment. The original one, it was like, why are we shirtless guys with, volleyball i mean fine i get it that's cool but at the same time there was no real point to that other than they were just having some time off this one i liked that they was they told you why we're doing this it's for fun it's to let them loosen up but there's also a point to it that they have to do both and so i like that but yeah it was it was a lot of fun it, it just so much tie-in I think one of my favorite moments, though, is we know the moment where Iceman passed away and then the other admiral whose actual movie name escapes me looked at as his opportunity. Like, all right, I'm not doing Maverick anymore. Favors. Screw this. I'm, I'm he's not teaching well. He's brash. He's arrogant. All the things we know. And he took the class over again. And Maverick was talking to Penny. He's like, I don't know what to do. Like, this is it. like there's nothing left. He knew it in his in his heart and his brain. He's like. The guy's been covering my ass for what mm-hmm. the, the past 25 years or whatever is gone. Cause otherwise there's no way he's still flying planes. This yeah. thing. He knew it. And once he was having that crisis of confidence 
and just asking myself, what is he going to do? He's just lost his class. And then he's worried about what well, his kids are going to die. And it's really my fault. And then classic Maverick, <laughs> when all the chips are down, kids are sitting down, the Admiral's like making it easier and for everyone was like, we're, but they're all like, we're going to die if we do it this way. And then boom, on the, the little radar thing, map thing, yeah. Maverick's pulling in. You're like, of course he is that bad mother effort. <laughs> and he does in two minutes and 15 seconds. And you, there you, I just loved how you could feel the room just, root for him like man this guy's doing it. he is still a g yeah. and i loved how they then took that and he had to fly that mission as well because while it would have been cool to see him train and see rooster lead things it just felt it was an appropriate send-off for maverick in that regard i just loved that build-up it was super awesome yeah i'm glad they did it that way because i thought i knew at some point pretty early on that he was going to end up making the run but i thought he would make it as like these guys are saying, this is impossible. You know what I mean? And like that typical story arc of like, they're down and out, they can't figure it out. And he goes, screw this. Let me show you you, how to do it. You know? And then it gives them that confidence to see someone do it. So I liked that they made that his like last ditch effort and that they made it him breaking the rules in pure Maverick fashion. But it wasn't just here. I'm going to show you how to do it. It was I'm going to break all the rules and piss everybody off. And then I'm just going to do it. Which so I loved, I'm with you. I thought that was, that was brilliant. It even came down to his interaction with the tower, right? Uh, we don't have anything <laughs> scheduled for you. Yeah, but I'm going anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and he buzzes him. Like, <laughs> that's great. No, I loved it. And it, and like, since you brought it up, let's talk about Val Kilmer. That was dope. Because Val Can Kilmer. Can really not talk? He cannot talk. He, he had throat. Uh, he got, was diagnosed with throat cancer. He literally cannot speak. So the typing is what he does. So that was, and I liked that they played it. He still played it just like to me, ice would have. Right. So he types the line, you got to let it go. And then he just, that's the last thing he types and he just lets it sit there and let Maverick stew on that. But then when he speaks in the movie, that's AI, they used AI technology Mm. to recreate his voice and then give it the rasp of what he would have if he had lung cancer or whatever cancer they were intimating that he had. So he actually wasn't speaking, but he and the producers used AI to recreate his voice so that he could have those lines hmm. because they, they tried it. Apparently they tried it with the computer and it didn't work very well. So they had someone try to mimic a voice or they did like a, a robotic voice and that didn't work. And so Val Kilmer was like, screw this. And and then he reached out to some friends. Yeah. And then he rebuilt it. It was really cool. He did an interview can't remember which magazine it was, but if you haven't read it, you should go read it. It was, re- it's really cool to listen to him talk about being able to do that and come back. And man, that's some cool. cool future technology that, you know, is going to come down at yeah, some point. For sure. Yeah, no, I was really happy to see Val Kilmer in a movie and and playing ice and that relationship. And in this movie, I won't lie. Like it got me a couple of times, boys. Like I was misty eyed <laughs> watching like, Val Kilmer and him on screen together and having that really, cause you could just, they was like, they were right back in step, you know, only I love the way that that dynamic changed and how they're, they're just so close now. Right. Even though they had their issues in the past. So thoroughly enjoyed that moment. was really glad to see Val Kilmer back. Okay. So I got a bitch a little bit and Alec, this will go into a topic that you sent to me kind of. All right. So the, end of this movie was dope until it wasn't (laughs) and then it was again so 
I had a real issue because in my brain, I'm going, I am okay if Maverick dies saving Rooster, okay? I was geared for that. Like I had that in my head that I was ready for that moment. I was going to cry, but it would have been a great send off because that's total Maverick thing to do, right? And it's a full circle moment. So I'm going into it. The final battle, the run where they're running into it, loved having Rooster say, talk to his dad and say the same thing that Maverick always talked to me, dad, and then kicks it in and starts going high gear. Even loved it when his his wingman was like, whoa, not that fast. (laughs) Mm. Really cool moment. And they blow it up and loved it. And then I loved the moment where Maverick throws himself in front of this missile, right? And I was like, okay, I love this. And then he goes back and it went weird for like 20 minutes. I was like, come on. You've been so emotional this whole movie. And while I thoroughly loved the interaction of Rooster, I was, I'm so torn about this because when he gets on the ground, he gets shot down and they meet up and he's like, what the hell were you doing? What were you thinking? He told me not to think. And then he's like, <laughs> fuck, I did. <laughs> you know what I mean? In his brain, like, it's like shit. So it was like, I loved that moment, but I didn't like that it got really unbelievable that they're in the middle of this basic war zone in enemy territory and they find some defunct F-14 Tomcat, which I love the turnaround, but at the same time, I'm like, oh, it's just is so... Alex said it best, I think. It was kind of like Fast and the Furious moment, right? Yeah. Fam- we got family so we can get out of this joint. <laughs> I mean, it felt like that to me, especially since you have this defunct fighter that they don't have radar on it because... Rooster's never sat in the backseat. He's never been a Rio. Yeah. He didn't know how to turn on the radio. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have this moment, and then they're going up against fifth-generation fighters, which are supposedly better than their F-18s. And we even see it where it like just drifts out of the way of a missile, almost like Vin Diesel was driving it. And yeah. he drifts out of the way of gunfire. <laughs> and then Tom Cruise manages to shoot down two of these fifth-generation fighters in a, you know, essentially duct taped together F-14. And I was like, I I appreciate the moment, but I would have preferred the let's get the hell out of Dodge kind of attitude. And what kind of set it all up was they were taking their sweet time getting out of the way of those surface to air missiles. Yeah. Like, shoot, as soon as I'm off of the cliff and I'm not feeling G's anymore, I'm pointing my nose towards the ship and I am headed that way. Yeah, it so. took me out of it. That that little sequence of events kind of took me out of the movie, even though, like I said, their interaction, I loved. But I didn't love, yeah, the whole getting to the plane and getting everything going there. And then... Well, it, yeah. it wasn't perfect, but their interactions were so good. And I just enjoyed their chemistry that it was easily overlooked for me. Was sure. it outlandish and very unrealistic? Sure. But the whole mission was, so if we're going to like wrap them like these people would have been, I mean, the only reason they were flying F-18s is because the U.S. military said that's what we could film. Otherwise, we would have used fifth generation fighters. Yeah, they're like, you're not getting our F-22s, bitch. It's not happening. So you you better make it work with the F-18s. So yeah, the whole, that was fine. I think it's the whole premise is like, these people wouldn't even be flying these planes. So it'd be a totally different circumstance. But did I like seeing Maverick back in an F-14 and having those moments? And then 
Rooster like having a moment with his dad, basically like, oh, this is what my dad does. Wow, my dad didn't just press buttons. It's a little <laughs> harder than that. And yeah. it was fine. Easily overlooked for me. Like most of this movie's premise is, is somewhat outlandish and it just kind of fit. And it was, it just made it funnier than I thought it added so much comedic relief after such an emotional thing. And then it still ended on a good emotional high. And you're like, I can do this. Sure. I can ride off on the motorcycle. So for me, easily overlooked because of the chemistry. Like if this was a longer movie or I didn't like some of the actor back and forth, absolutely would have hammered the crap out of that plot change. But I just found it as an extension I quite enjoyed. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, as much as I might bitch about it, completely forgivable. Because again, I know you are laughing. JJ, oh, dude, I was laughing my ass that. off when he <laughs> seriously, like when they're having that argument about what were you thinking? He's like, I told me not to. I do seriously. I was cackling in the theater. Everybody's just looking at me funny, but I laughed this whole movie. And I think this movie might've taken one of the top three spots of the best use of their F word in a PG 13 movie. Mm-hmm. Because when they shoot that missile at that fifth gen and it just like, does this weird swing around thing. And Tom Cruise was like, what the? And Rooster's like, screw you. I'm going to say it. What the fuck was that? <laughs> it's like greatest use of the, of their one t- one F word in a PG 13 movie ever. So, yeah, I mean, I loved it. And I, like I said, completely forgivable, but from a critical perspective of a movie, it was a really weird transition moment from really intense and emotional for most of the movie. And then we go completely outlandish and funny. And then we go back to serious and emotional and great again, 100% forgiven. And I'll probably watch this movie as many times as I've watched the original. Cause I had that much fun watching it, but yeah, that was my one gripe was that just felt really weird. That 20 minute segment. Though it was really fun, like you said, Alec. To you got to have something to weird to Top Gun. This time it wasn't True. shirtless guys playing volleyball. <laughs> it was a guy that probably should have been dead, but he wasn't dead. And then they got an F-14 that probably shouldn't have started. And they, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And yeah, they're taking on fifth gens without radar at all. It, it was funny. Like, those I, are I the mean, worst fifth generation pilots I've ever seen. Seriously. Th- for, the, for the first one that... They killed the surprise attack, not sure. absolutely knowing. Like I could be like, all right, you could get it. But the oh, next yeah. one, I'm like, yeah, like pretty sure you'd be dead. Like just yeah. right away, dead. Well, and that's what, so I'm kind of with you, Alec. I thought in that moment, it would have made more sense to me because I know that they triggered the the other pilot hangman for the third one that came out of nowhere. I would have, I think, been more okay with them running from the second one going, Oh shit, we got the first one. Now we just got to run and having some really close calls and, and then having hangman come in because at that point that was their only aircraft left. Right. Besides like some more F 14s and some maybe helicopters. So there's no challenge to the, that group if they come. So I think for me, that would have been if they just made it two instead of the third and have that third moment come in on the second one. Cause like you say, Matt said, I can believe the first takedown. I would have liked to have seen him not quite take down the second one and get out, man, and then get saved. But again, yeah. easily forgiven. Yeah, they had to do it though, because now he's an ace. Yeah, well, like, that's yeah, exactly. one more air to air kill for Maverick to be an ace. But I agree. Yeah. I would have liked it if they, because as soon as they pop up on the radar, like that's when they send Hangman out. Yeah. When 
uh, rooster gets the radar turned on. So just head towards the ship. Yeah. I have enough faith in Maverick's flying ability to be able to dodge anything yeah. just because he's so reckless that anything this other pilot's trained against is not going to matter. It's all tossed out the window because of what Maverick's willing to do. So if they had just yeah. gotten the hell out of Dodge and then have Heyman come in and kind of save their bacon, but then he wouldn't be but an ace and we'd have yeah. Top Gun 3. Yeah. Uh, I hope we don't get Top Gun 3. I don't think we are, but I think you might see more likely a spinoff with like Rooster and Hangman and those guys, which I might be okay with. I just, I wish, I hope they stop it. I hope they just leave it be because to me, this was just, a great continuation of Top Gun one. Yeah. It would definitely we'd be talking about number three and not liking it nearly. Be fast yeah. and furious, except yeah. with planes. Except with planes, and yeah. it'd be a terrible mistake because this movie was just so good. I mean, one of my favorite lines was when they got into F fourteen and Mab brings out the wings and Rooster's like, <laughs> uh, "Why, Mab? Like, why are the wings coming out, Mab?" <laughs> <laughs> so good. Their interactions are so funny. Oh, I loved it. Ah, <laughs> uh, so good. And we didn't even talk. There's so much to talk about we won't get to, but just the opening scenes with the school when Maverick is just basically just putting these people to shame with their push-ups and everything and yeah. scaring the crap out of them. Like, oh my gosh, that was so fun. good. So that was my good. favorite part of this movie because going back to the first one, you have Jester who's like this cool no mercy kind of instructor. Like he's going to beat you and he's going to do it efficiently and as quickly as possible. And then you have Maverick who spends most of his time planning his entrance and deciding (laughs) how close you can be before he can fit through you and just, you know, toys with them essentially. Yeah. So I love that contrast. And then mixing that in with the cuts of them doing pushups was my favorite part. Well, and I love the explanation too. Like when they're they're like, what are you doing? You're just messing with these kids. They need to be knocked down a notch and realize they've been told they're their whole the career yeah. that they're the best and nobody's better. And they need to realize that's not always the case. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I just enjoyed this whole movie. I will say another thing that I was sitting here thinking about it while you're talking. Another thing that bothered me is at the beginning when he's doing this test flight and they push it, he pushes it to like Mach 10.3 and the plane like crashes because of it. And then they throw an F-18 to like Mach 10 plus at the end. And it's just fine. I'm like, now hold on. <laughs> now real fighter pilots. Were, I was watching a couple of, they were doing this interview with some real fighter pilots and they, somebody asked him, what's the, what's the fastest you ever pushed your F-18? And he was like, <clears throat> it said 11. And then he just walked away. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> Okay. So, I mean, I think that the F-18, I think the Hornets can do it, but at the same time, that's a lot. Mach 10 is ridiculous. So for me, I guess what bothered me is you have this hypersonic jet that they're trying to get, and they act like Mach 10 is this huge deal for this plane and for them to get there, but then the F-18s, four F-18s that do it without even a blink, you know what I mean? So I was like, that didn't fit for me. Like, I was okay with the opening sequence. It was funny. And it introduced us to Hondo, which I loved. But yeah, like that I, that one kind of was like, eh. But again, it's just, I'm nitpicking at something here so that I have something to shit on because that's what I do, right? But anyway. It could be with that plane sequence, though, because it was a stealth plane and the way the afterburners mm. have to work that they the propulsion has to be different. Otherwise, it'd be detectable on radar. 
Uh, whereas fair. in F-18, when you're in combat, you, you can go balls to the walls. You don't care. Yeah, you don't care. You, you're in a dogfight. So I do think if we were to look back, I was actually talking to my brother-in-law who works, he's been in the, he works for Boeing and mm. tells me about playing stuff all the time. That's something he was mm. talking about where I think there are some key differences there that potentially could have made a difference. Interesting. And I know why they didn't, because it's not important for the movie, but I, I wish they would have talked a little bit more about what the difference is between like the F-22s. And I said that meaning the fifth generation planes and like the F-18s, right? So, and I know it's the technology because the technology that's on there was developed in the 21st century. It's fancy, it's crazy. But like, I still don't know because I haven't done the research and I probably should have like what the major difference is. Why can that plane fly so much differently it's not just radar is it does it actually fly that much differently or is it the plane practically flies well, itself you know what i mean to top gun three in well, 25 years go. well no jj no you'll kidding. be 60 something yeah did you know that tom cruise actually flies planes yeah like, and not actually, just like plane planes like he owned that plane he the, the p51 he owns just like that that That's was his plane tell me and he was flying jennifer Connelly around in I bet he was, yeah, I was like, I think he is flying a kid. And my brother-in-law was saying that Tom Cruise is one of like the better high, like celebrity pilots. He might be like the best. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't, that dude doesn't do anything like half-assed. No, he owns that, that P-35. And then he owns another one that's a, I don't know what it is, but it's, it's more of like a, I don't want to say it's modern because it's not but he owns another one that's more of like, that looks more modern and is more of like a, it's certainly not a World War II plane, right? Mm -hmm. I will say this about old Tommy Cruz, that little spiel he had at the beginning, like introducing the movie, thought that was cool, but that was the first time I was like, oh, he, one, I haven't seen his hair that long, two, he did look older than he does look on screen. I noticed his age a little bit. I was like, oh, he is human. He's not a cyborg. Yeah. He's getting old. I mean, he's almost 60, or is he 60? He's, he's almost 60. 58, 59. In 1962. So, yeah, it's a P-51 he owns. Yeah. That's what he was flying at the end, that prop. And then he's got, and he has another one that he owns. Like I said, it's more, it's a jet. It's an actual jet plane as opposed to the prop. What um, if he flies his own G6, his own executive <laughs> plane he has a gulf stream four a g4 jet that he can fly there you go there you he, go he rarely flies it but he can what i'm sitting here reading now the air force wouldn't let him fly the f-18s though <laughs> i yeah i can i'm yeah. sure he tried but they wouldn't <laughs> let him it's like i'm tom cruise i'm actually maverick yeah look at my dog tags <laughs> i'm in the in the navy yeah I enjoyed how this movie ended too. I liked that they're that him and Rooster working on the P 51 at the end. And then I like to believe, you know, I, they give you the hint that he's going to settle down with Penny and actually just kind of finally do that. I, so I like that. I like the way that it came full circle. That's I think the big reason I hope they don't do a third. I think they, they should just leave it alone because I really like the way that it ended. And I just don't think Tom Cruise can be replaced even as good as miles Teller was. He's not Tom Cruise. So you're going to need Tom Cruise to say no, because you already know, JJ, money is what? Money is king. Oh, and yeah. Money has already been made. Oh, and we know that money is usually the reason sequels get made. And that's what I'm worried about, because yeah. they already know 
they have enough of an audience, even if they have what they got, that they'd still have a ton of people coming to see whatever they put out there. Yeah. That worries me. Me too. If they do it, I think they, like I said, they need to do it as a top gun colon something else. And they need to completely stray away from the first two, not have at most the tie in is someone says the name Maverick. You know what I mean? Like that's it. Like they need to not yeah, have like characters picture or something like, like that. So yeah. Cool. And then leave it alone. Like that's it because yeah. I think anything else and it's just too much. And it, I, I mean, I, it did like rooster enough that I could see myself potentially going for that. And also if the military came and said, yeah, you can put an F 22 Raptor on screen. I bet sure. yeah, I'll go watch that. <laughs> yeah. And you know, at that point, yeah, if I'm watching an F 22, okay, maybe. I could get into so that. It'd be hard to pass that up. I mean, there's yeah. no way they're getting an F-35 on there. Like, Hell but yeah, no. somehow I don't think, be like, I don't think uh, they're ever letting you put an F-22 just because that's, uh, that's our I don't think so. Bread and butter Did you know, it was it, I don't know if it was you or my brother-in-law said for that, the spy plane that they had at the beginning with Maverick that the Chinese military sequestered a spy satellite to watch this plane because they thought Skunk Works, who makes those types of planes, mm. actually created a real plane. Uh, but it was jerry-rigged for that, and they followed the flight of that plane. Wow, no, I didn't know that. I believe it, though. That's why the, the fifth generation stuff that they were talking about, these other nations and where our air superiority isn't the same, it's yeah. true because mm-hmm. our tech's been stolen. And yeah. so where years past, like it, when actual Top Gun came out in the 80s, like we were far in a way just massively superior than pretty anybody you put us against anybody would have smoked them. Yep. But nowadays it's not true because text been stolen, especially if we went to a war against China with an airstrike yep. where it's fifth generation of fifth generation and it'd be a bloodbath. Yeah. And I guess it, we should say that it's with like six countries that we don't have that superiority because yeah. it's only China, Russia, India, Turkey, Sweden, and Japan are the other countries that have fifth gen that we know of that have, mm-hmm. that have, laid bare that they have fifth generation. Wakanda is about to make their money. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for my intro, man. No. You're welcome. <laughs> Love that. All right, let's rate this thing, boys. Let me go first. I right, go first. Five. Oh, is that Whoa. your first five? No. My, JJ, we... Oh, yeah, we Knives Out. My knives first out. Five. That's right. I mean, it's my third five. Oh, okay. Technically, because my other five is The Dark Knight. Oh, that's right. That's right. I'm feeling good about my fives. This movie could not have been a five. Like, when I came out of the movie, I was like, man, that was better than the first one. But then Taylor corrected me. She's like, it couldn't have been as good as you thought it was without the first one, because a lot of what was good in this one wouldn't have existed unless we had the first one. So... I mean, it's hard to think of a movie that has a better sequel except like The Dark Knight compared to Batman Begins. This is in conversation for one of the best sequels I have ever seen mm-hmm. from a movie. Like it's, it's got to be, if you don't think it's number one, it's got to be within your top five or whatever you're thinking about. It was amazing. Yeah. It did everything. It gave you everything the first one had, but did everything better. Like, yes, there's some little plot things that JJ brought up that, weren't perfect, but because the chemistry was so good on screen, the visuals were so good, the music was so good, the acting, the suspense, the emotions, all of it worked for me. It was so enjoyable. And this is me truly putting on my common folk hat. I was in a packed theater and I knew that theater absolutely enjoyed what they watched. So even with my critiquing hat on, 
it's a five. Like this is a movie I'm going to watch this weekend. I'm already going to see it again. Mm -hmm. My brother-in-law who never sees movies again or really sees that many is going again. Like that's all you need. My mom, my mom recommended this movie to my family. (laughs) The only other thing my mom has recommended my family watch is the chosen, which is a, a TV series about the life of Christ. That's what we're dealing with here. Like, I mean, this movie's got to, you can take your three-year-old, you can take a 72-year-old and you're going to have a good time. It's a five. Like, it's a great movie. And I, I already know I'm going to watch this. I'm going to watch this movie over 10 times. I can say JJ is definitely watching this movie over a hundred times. Oh yeah. No question. Five it is on the first one. Alec. Oh, I get to go next. Yeah, buddy. Excellent. I'm not going to be quite as enthusiastic as Matson, but I am giving it a four and a half. I think it's better than the original one. And something we didn't get a chance to talk about, but I really enjoyed was Ed Harris who shows up in the beginning of the film and delivers my favorite line, which was something along the lines of you won't take a promotion. You don't want to retire. And despite your best efforts, you refuse to die. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just cackling oh, yeah. um, with the light because that was so funny. And Ed Harris is one of those actors who just comes into a movie and makes it better oh, yeah. just by being in it. And so I thoroughly enjoyed it. I will be seeing it again. I don't, think it's good enough to be a perfect movie in my opinion but it was definitely awesome four and a half cross board easy rewatch yeah way way better than all those old movies that alex oh, not even close <laughs> not even close <laughs> oh man a five and a four and a half i i've been god i'm all over the place with this movie let me just start by saying that I loved, I thoroughly love don't this give movie. this a four don't do this JJ. do it jj do it I thoroughly loved this movie. Like, <laughs> had a phenomenal time watching this movie. And, I, you know, it was interesting because we came out. Now, to your point, Matt, that I do want to touch on, this movie wouldn't be as good as it is if it weren't for the first one. For sure. And Casey didn't like it. Like, she came out and was like, I mean, it was okay. She goes, but it felt like a cheap knockoff of the first one to her. And I was like, mm-hmm. so then I started thinking about it. I was like, I could see where people would see that maybe. So I think this is going to be one of those movies that I think we can tell that based on everything that's going on, most people are going to love this movie. But I could see where someone that loved the first one maybe could find fault with this one in that there's a lot of copycat things that happen in the, this one next to the first one. I don't feel that way. And her not liking it doesn't impact my rating or my feeling on this movie. I, I think it's better than the original because of what we talked about with the original review, that being that this was emotionally profound in a lot of ways in this movie. There was a lot of character development that was lacking in the first one. There's not a ton of character development in the first one. And there's a lot of, not a lot of emotional weight in the first one with the exception of goose dying. That's the emotional weight, right? Where this one, there's a lot of stories going on that you have to pay attention to and are emotional. You have the whole Iceman situation, Penny Benjamin and that relationship and what's going on there and that history. You got the whole rooster and, and hangman situation. That's very similar to Maverick and Iceman. So there's a lot of things that were much better about this movie than the original. I will watch this as many times as my eyeballs can handle it because it it was fantastic. I loved it. Um, Oh man, I don't know if it's five worthy though. Like I walked out of the movie going, my initial knee jerk was this is a four and a half because it's better than the original, but I can't let go of the odd 
transition. And it's the weirdest thing for me because normally something like that will ruin the whole rest of the movie for me. But I love the transition standalone. Like if they had decided to go goofy with this movie and everything was like that, I would have loved it just as much probably. Or if they had not had that. And like I said, if Maverick had died and they left and there was like this big emotional moment and that's how they ended it, I would have been happy with that too. So I loved all of the sequences when you separate them, but that weird transition really threw me for a loop in the movie. And I really went, what the fuck is going on right now? Like, I felt like I was rooster watching the fifth generation dodge the missile. <laughs> I have no fucking idea what is happening. I think because of that I'm going to give it a four and a half because I can't just let it go. Well, with our social media uh, rounding up, because this is a 4.67, it comes out as a five. So after you. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> 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 thank goodness for rounding Matson wins again no it's, but still i you know look it's as near a perfect movie as we've watched in a very long time but answer me this though when you're thinking of movies that have sequels it's got to be like up there for as good of a sequel as has been made oh for sure and it, it's one of those rare exceptions that the sequel is better than the original and it, there's very few people if any that love top ground more than i do but it's still better than the original overall as a whole. It's better. And I can only think of right off the top of my head, two movies that are like that for me. And that's empire strikes back and mm. Godfather two. So outside of those two other films, I can't even think of another one sequel that's better than the original. It's really hard to do that. Yeah. Really, really hard. And this one it to me is in that lofty category. I think it's better than the original top gun. And I now have, four hours of movie to watch six times <laughs> a year instead of one or two hours. I'll say so. it's, it must be either due to COVID or I don't know what it is, but this is the first movie I can think of in a, I can't even think of the last movie where everyone was like, have you seen this movie? Like people yeah. that I know that don't talk to me about movies that they just say, Oh yeah. Like I've already heard. I need to watch that. Like, so to me, definitely a, a movie that is staked this game. And hopefully it's good for theaters again, like making you remember that this is why I go to a movie theater. Yeah. It reminded me in a lot of ways, like we talked about when we did the new Ghostbusters, how that one weaved a lot of the the nostalgia in perfectly and still made a different movie. This one did the same thing, only better, in my opinion. It was because it really, the things that it tied in from the original were purposeful. And then a lot of times with the Ghostbuster ones, they were random just to try to pull that nostalgia. This one, every time they did it, there was purpose to it. And it really added to the story, which I felt... The writers just killed it with that and how they did it. So yeah, I'm with you. Great movie. It's a that's a huge score. So even without me giving it a five, that's across the board four six seven. That's huge. So I mean, in the the new Alec world, that is the highest rated movie we have had so far. That's true. Yeah. Absolutely. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. <laughs> The next time you'll hear first of a movie is the 13th on Monday, the 13th. And that will be the Maltese Falcon going way back. That's an Alex. Yeah, so getting, getting educated about an old fart movie. 1941. Thing, you are yeah. welcome. Man. Y'all didn't even think we had movies back then. We did. And it sucked. Everybody knows there's movies back then. <laughs> and going back to that, if you don't love that movie, you can listen to us really give Alec a hard time about it. And, some weird conversation around that movie. Yeah. But I don't even remember doing that movie. It was horrible. And I'm glad we haven't done Casablanca and all this other stuff. Cause 
I appreciate Dude, color. Casablanca is the greatest movie ever made, which is why no studio will ever remake it. They're scared shitless. And no one remembers it was made except old souls like yourself. Hey, I like Casablanca, but I don't know that I'd say it's the best movie ever made. But keep in mind, we also have a lot of TV coming out. Stranger Things, The Boys, Miss Marvel, continuing coverage of Obi-Wan, Kenobi. There's so much coming this summer. So we're going to cover most of it, if not all of it. We're going to do our best. It's going to be a busy summer. But uh, yeah, so we're pretty much going to have releases Monday, Tuesday, and Fridays for a while. And then catch us live Thursdays, Facebook and YouTube. You can watch us live. So Madsen, tell them where else they can find us if they're not trying to watch us live. Yeah, if you want to listen to our the podcast, you all know where to find us. Just search What's Our Verdict on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, wherever you listen to us. Check us out at whatsourverdict.com. You want to get social with us, especially check out TikTok because Alec doing big things. Got some funny videos on there for sure. Other social platforms like Twitter and Instagram and such just kind of educate you on what is upcoming or what has dropped that week. But TikTok is where it's at if you want to learn movie trivia or just weird facts or see a tiger. That's fair. And a cool tiger hops is. All right. That was a fun episode. As always, we appreciate you guys tuning in, listening to us, and we'll catch you on the next one. Bye. Cinemagic out. <laughs>